This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. Let's talk to Craig Earlham, Oanda Senior Market Analyst in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Johnny. We've had some data from China this morning, and the Chinese economy has grown faster than expected in the first three months of the year, GDP growing by 4.5%. We've also got the latest retail sales numbers, which have jumped by 10.6%, while at the same time, output from the country's factories has risen by 3.9%, although that has slightly missed forecasts. Yeah, there's a lot to take in in this Chinese data, to be honest. The GDP figure is obviously the most important thing here, that 4.5% expansion. It's a good start to the year. We've got to remember this is the quarter in which China transitioned from zero COVID to living with COVID. There was always going to be bumps in the roads here. And it grew quite strongly, just shy of really the annual target of 5%. And you would expect it to accelerate uh, a little bit from here on in. So I think this will be seen as a as a good start to the year. I think the most important part of this is that retail sales number. And that's ultimately what drove that 4.5% and that upside surprise in the GDP figures. 10.6% growth in retail sales in March. The expected number was around 7.3%. So this is not a small beat. This is a very substantial beat. Households really driving the transition and the recovery in the Chinese economy, but it is not even. And that's part of the problem. And this is going to be one of the concerns going through the rest of the year is that household spending is good and that's what's driving the recovery. But property market is still weak and we're still seeing a slow recovery there. You can see industrial production figures 3.9%, well below consensus of 4.7%. Fixed asset investment actually slipped last month rather than increasing. So that suggests that companies are still holding back. This is also against the backdrop of a slower global economy. We're seeing much less global trade, even if the most recent trade data from China was very strong. I think that is probably a blip rather than a trend. Uh, And therefore, there is going to be headwinds on that front as well. So an uneven recovery in China, but still a recovery. And that is the most important thing. And what sort of market reaction have we seen to these figures? Not too much, to be honest. The Shanghai Composite is the outperformer in Asia overnight, but we're really kind of just treading water. We're talking about three-tenths of 1% up, the rest of Asia maybe two-tenths of 1% down. So we're not seeing a massive change here. The Nikkei actually outperforming slightly there, up around half a percent. So we're not really seeing a huge reaction to these figures, which given that the bulk of the data was nowhere near in line with market expectations, you could say that's a bit of a surprise. But the fact that it's such a mixed bag is probably what is driving that. If we'd have seen stronger retail sales, to a lesser extent, but stronger fixed asset investment, stronger industrial production, I think we'd have seen a much more significant reaction. But I think the uneven nature is really what's holding the markets back. And we're now heading into the European Open and markets look relatively flat to slightly higher. So we're not really seeing too much of a positive ripple effect. Talking of Europe, we've had the latest UK jobs numbers and it's a mixed bag. Unemployment uh, up to 3.8% average earnings up to 5.9%. Is that a significant figure? It may be a significant figure, but we have to wait and see. And I know that sounds like um, a bit of sitting on the fence, but I think it was always going to be a month or two before we start to see any significant data from the UK that's going to strongly influence where interest rates are going to go this year. 
And the reason I say that is because inflation is going to fall sharply and only then can we start to get a grasp of how big the problem is. Inflation is still above 10% at this point in time, but the Bank of England still sees it falling below 4% by the end of the year. So that's a significant drop. And you look at average earnings, 5.9%. That's basically unchanged because of the upward revisions of last month. It's still far too high for a sustainable 2% inflation goal. But if we do start to see that creep lower as well over the course of the year, then the Bank of England will view that much differently. The unemployment rate ticking higher to 3.8% may suggest to the Bank of England that we are seeing some slack appearing in the labour market and you'd expect earnings to potentially follow. But as always with this, you don't want to read too much into one report. You want to look at the underlying trend and I think the underlying trend is not really taking full effect yet in a manner that the Bank of England is going to put too much bearing on. So wages still look relatively stubborn, but that's not expected to last. The unemployment rate did tick higher, but that could be revised out next month because it stayed quite solidly at 3.7% prior to this. So I'd say there is nothing overly significant in this jobs report, but if in two or three months' time we're still seeing wages at 5.96%, then I think the Bank of England may become a little bit more concerned. What this ultimately means is very little, I think, from a market perspective. The pound jumped a little bit, maybe 10, 15 pips, so really insignificant. Yields moved ever so slightly higher, but again, not particularly significant. And from the Bank of England perspective, interest rates are still expected to rise once, maybe twice more. So the next meeting, markets are pricing in around a 72% chance of a 25 base point rate increase. And after that, 60-70% chance of one again over the following two or three meetings. But I mean, that feels a lifetime away when we're talking about these markets. So I think the next meeting is all that matters at this point. And that's the only rate hike that's really almost fully priced in. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bank of England does uh, surprise on that front because there is already growing opposition to the rate hikes that we've seen already. The difficulty is they would have to pause against the backdrop of double-digit inflation, and that is very difficult to do, and it's very difficult to explain away, even if their expectations are for a sharp decline. Where you see that sharp decline start to unfold, it's a lot easier to pause. UK markets will open shortly here, Craig. What lies in store for the rest of the day? So I think there's going to be a lot more focus now on earnings. The economic data is a little bit thin on the ground today, to be honest. We've got Canadian CPI, we've got German ZEW surveys, but I think the focus is going to be on earnings. We kicked things off last week with the uh, some of the major banks and got off to a really strong start. Today we'll hear from Goldman Sachs uh, and Bank of America, but we'll also hear from Netflix and Boeing and Johnson & Johnson. So some big names reporting earnings there. And I think we're going to start to get into full flow of earnings season, which is going to really dictate sentiment because we've seen the risks appear in the markets. We've seen rates rising. We've seen high inflation. We've seen that mini banking crisis. What we don't know yet is what is the full ramifications in terms of companies? How did it affect profitability in the first quarter and most importantly how's it expected to affect profitability going forward how's it going to affect spending plans etc so we'll hopefully learn a lot more about that from a number of these earning reports and like i say this is probably the first big day on that front but it's obviously going to get much bigger plenty more companies to report now over the coming weeks and there's gonna be so much more focus on that craig Earlham in london thanks very much for joining us thank you market insights the market pulse podcast 